You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I'm going to apologize right now as we start the show for the fact that I smell like an old man because I think I have four icy you hot do. patches on at this. My back, I don't know, something with the weather, man. It's even hard to sit on the bar stool, so you might hear me get up and then sit back down again throughout this entire show because it's just I'm just covered in icy hot patches. Ladies, try to control yourself because I smell like menthol. It's true. You are you're a, a well mentholated man right now, and and so yes. <laughs> For those listening, if you hear what sounds like a creaky, rusty gate in the background, it's not that we missed the Halloween show and we're trying to create some sort of semblance of mood. That's just what Chris's joints sound like today. That's pretty much where I'm at today. That's that's what I am. Bellying up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar, pour yourself a cold one. Every episode of Saxon Basement brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Uh, 24-7, they are available. Take your call to keep water out of your basement, protect your foundation. 708-330-4466. Your basement's best defense is FamilyDry.com. You got feedback on the show where somebody asked you whether or not we hate the White Sox. Is that what is that how it was said to you? Yeah, so so I, I got feedback from somebody who, who just started listening to us, just caught on to us, which is great. We always love when new people come in. And and the feedback was you guys don't seem like you're um like you're fans of the team exactly with, with the shows that I've been listening to. No 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 no. I love the White Sox. Me too. I, I'm a huge fan. I think the owner is a bad owner, and I think that his self imposed salary caps are a detriment to the team. And I think the general manager, knowing who his owner is and how much money he's going to spend every year, spent poorly with bad contracts over the last couple of years and made this this competitive window smaller than it should have been. So if I'm critical, it's not because I don't have a million White Sox things hanging in the basement here. I don't live and die with the team. And I didn't weep on the ground in 2005 in a embrace with my father and my sister on the final out of the World Series. No, I love the White Sox, but I don't like bad players, lack of accountability, bad general manager, owner that, what, one time to the World Series in over 40 years and but I got to constantly listen to his television station and his media that he has majority ownership in. Tell me what a great owner he is. So yeah, sometimes I get frustrated and I yell about it, and Ed does too. But we love this team, and that's why today we're going to talk a little bit about moves that can realistically be made. There's a little bit of smoke on the trade front. Uh, one name that has popped up over the last couple of days has been Jesse Winker in Seattle, which would be exciting. Yeah, your initial reaction was ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's the thing is is that my initial reaction really was kind of like, oh man, Jesse Winker, because I'm thinking about the the Mariners version of Jesse Winker, and I'm thinking about something we talked about with Brandon Drury at the trade deadline, of Cincinnati Reds players and and people falling in love with Reds hitters, and not realizing that more so than even Colorado, the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati is just absolutely fluffing up. Every one of the Reds hitters. Brandon Drury's not as good as he was when he was with the Reds. Kyle Farmer is not as good as he looks with the Reds. Joey Votto's pretty good for his career, but he's, he's, he's an old man now. But Jesse Winker is one of those guys that I just assumed was 
you know, a beneficiary of the great American ballpark. And then he goes out to Seattle and he's exposed for what he really is. And now I'm beginning to think Seattle, I'm beginning to think that field may just be a poor fit for the guy. Well, here's the problem with Seattle. Seattle's the the reason why Kendall Graveman was so highly regarded. We, we talked about that last year when we were looking at the White right. Sox relief right, pitcher. Right. When you look at his time in that ballpark, his numbers are so much better as a relief pitcher than even when he, I think he got traded midway through the season. His other half of that season in Houston was not as effective. He has not been as effective with the White Sox so far as he was when he was inside of that ballpark. So that's a pitcher's ballpark and it would harm a hitter. And you looked at the splits for Winker when he was playing in Cincinnati and his road splits weren't that much different from his home splits, if I'm not mistaken. So this may have just been a down year on a guy who's not old enough yet. I don't believe for that to be it for him. I mean, this is, this is more of an anomaly than the norm for him. So I would expect a bounce back. I don't know if the White Sox are willing to bet on it, but according to rumors on the internet from weird Twitter uh, handles that I don't know if it's if they actually know anything and are throwing uh, stuff at the wall to see if it sticks, but the buzz seems to be across social media and even with some of the people covering the team that the White Sox may be chatting, may be talking to Seattle. Seattle may be looking to move on from Winker, and he may be available. They just went and got Teoscar Hernandez, who is likely just going to be a DH, but is also an outfielder. They picked him up from the Blue Jays, so they're active. And if the White Sox want to go shopping, Seattle and Jesse Winker might be a good stop. Seattle feels like like the Sox going to Target, you know, some sort of a big box store where... The Mariners, because Jerry DePoto is this this mad trader, right? He he is constantly out there moving guys around. He's the one that everybody's sitting there going, "Oh, there's going to be a lockout." He's like, "Hey, uh, San Diego, uh, Adam Frazier, I got a lefty reliever for you." Uh, you know, he's he's this guy that's out there constantly making trades. So he makes the Winker trade last year, looking for a lefty bat, and picks up Eugenio Suarez. Easy for me to say. I actually I have to kind of sound drunk to say his name, Eugenio Suarez. But he picks up, you know, a bad contract from the Reds in the process. Now he's got Winker. It's eight eight point two five million for twenty twenty three, and this is a Mariners team that wants to make a move. If they're a low, they're a low salary cap team. Not salary cap meaning self imposed, of course. But they're a team that that has to keep their payroll relatively modest. Eight point two five million is a big number for them to be able to get off of the books potentially if they want to make a splash, and the Sox could actually help them make that splash with this trade if they really wanted to. It doesn't have to be a sell off of Winker for you know Colson Montgomery or something like that. Well, here's the thing: I, I went on to this, uh, <laughs> I went to baseballtradevalues.com. It's a trade simulator. We put the link right up at the top or in the menu section. It's a fun little toy. At SocksInTheBasement.com. And it's kind of fun when people are talking about, well, you know, what's this player worth? It's not exact, but it's a neat kind of way to see, can we match up with another team? And trade value-wise, Jesse Winker is about Jared Kelly. Like, that's, that's what he is. Like, the easiest way to look at it is... You could trade a White Sox prospect that's probably in your top 10, but is not a guy that you're sure is going to be something that you liked. You got him when he was young, but we've, we've had James Fox on this show from Future Sox. There are times where he sat there and said, I don't know, what has he done down there yet? I mean, he's not really progressing in as quickly, I think, as people thought he was going to progress. 
that's the kind of guy or two guys that are maybe a little bit below him for a winker. That's what you could do. Now, on the other hand, you could also move your biggest trade piece and get more back. And this is why I think you think of them as a big box store, because the White Sox could go shopping. I am of the belief, and there are other players on this team you could also move, but if Rick Hahn has to operate like he's the Pittsburgh Pirates at $173 million right now for opening day, trying to only end up at $180 million for opening day, even though you finished 2022 at $196, was it? Yeah. So you're, you're reducing things. If you don't have a lot of money to spend, Liam Hendricks is a luxury when you have Kendall Graveman, the possibility that Ronaldo Lopez could be a closer. There are a lot of guys in that bullpen that you could bring out there. I don't know how many wins he adds or how many losses you add to the loss column if you have one of the other guys that's currently in that bullpen closing games. Is he one of the best, if not the best, closer in baseball? Sure. Is he something the Mariners would want? You bet your butt they would. But he would be an overpay for Winker. Winker's not worth him. It, 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 when I put it in the trade simulator, just to kind of, and again, this is just me illustrating it so that you're like, well, you're just pulling these numbers out of the air. This is where we're looking at value, value of contracts, value of how good the player is. You know, we're looking at value. You would have a big disparity if you dealt Liam Hendricks for Jesse Winker straight up. But you could also say, throw in a Marco Gonzalez or Chris Flexen and or a Matt, is it Matt Bush, that 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 starter that they have down there? He's the young Matt guy. Matt Brash. Yeah, Matt, Matt Brash. I'm sorry, Matt Brash. Okay, grab, grab a pitcher or two in there. And then you could also say, we want to get rid of one of our crappy contracts. We want to we get rid of something like a Larry Garcia and his $11 million to free up some stuff. You take him as a utility player. That's how that trade evens out. Now, you're saying the Mariners might want to get rid of salary, but if they're getting rid of salary to go get a guy like Hendricks, you could even up the salary being passed back and forth, get out from one of your own contracts, have some money now all of a sudden because you don't have any because of the self-imposed salary cap, get rid of a bad contract. I don't think you can move a Grandal or I don't think you can move a Moncada who'd be a negative value right now, but you could get rid of one of your bad contracts and essentially get a left-handed hitter in the outfield, something you've been waiting for forever, go out and get extra pitching because you need it, and pitching that that has upside to it. Or worst case with Gonzalez is a steady fifth starter so you know you have enough arms to get through the season, which has been a problem for this team. And free up money. And all you lose is probably a couple of games, couple of games, difference that Hendricks gives you. Hendricks is, Liam Hendricks, nice guy, been on this show before. We had a nice, pleasant conversation with him on the air and off the air. Very nice man. Okay, does a lot of great things. He is a luxury. He's what you get when everything else is fixed on your team, is the superstar closer. You you have to fix more important things than the closer right now on this team. The wood from this tree melts the ball. Deep to right. 
CorneyWoodBats.com is the custom wooden baseball bat company that'll help you smoke them over the fence. Wow! Check out our custom bat builder that allows you to pick the wood species, model, and color, and get custom personalized engraving that'll be drop shipped right to you. Put some life in your lumber with Morning Wood. MorningWoodBats.com. 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 Do it today. Socks in the Basement listeners, remember to put in Socks 22 when you make your purchase at MorningwoodBats.com. Get 10% off. Kevin Matthews was on this show a week ago. It's on demand. Anywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. There's a guy who defined an era in Chicago radio. We were able to get him because of the $1,000 guest bounty that's going on right now. He just happens to also work with MorningwoodBats.com. So it was like synergy last week. If he becomes the best guest of the offseason, the listener that put him up wins $1,000 cash from Parente and Norum. If you're injured, they will fight for you. They have gotten over $400,000 for their clients and clients' families. There's a link in the show notes. Get your guest bounty entries in. Can you beat Kevin Matthews? I think somebody will. Ed, what do you think about this, though? Liam Hendricks, in my mind, is a luxury that you can't afford at what the reported payroll on opening day is going to be when you have so many other problems. We're sitting here looking at this team coming off of 2022 and going, okay, there's there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. And we're looking at this team coming off of 2021 thinking this is still a championship caliber team. That's the goal. And we're also now faced with the reality that Trey Turner's not walking through the door. Carlos Correa's not walking through the door. You're not going to get the big, high, top-end free agents on this White Sox team, and you're going to have to do it through trades. And you and I have talked about this before, too, that it's not just the type of trades that Rick Hahn made at the beginning of the remake when he was trading Chris Sale for the top prospect in baseball. This is more like what the Guardians did with the Mike Clevenger trade where they went to the Padres and they got four major league or major league ready players who were under control, who were not expensive. And that turned into their starting catcher in Austin Barnes that turned into uh, Josh Naylor, who was just about to break through to the major leagues. And we saw what he did to the White Sox, Cal Quantrill, who stabilized the back end of their rotation this year very nicely and um, one other player who is kind of right there on the edge. And, and then there was Owen Miller who was another guy that they acquired under similar circumstances. So it, these are just guys that help, right? And that, that could be what the White Sox need. You have a star core of guys like Dylan Cease and Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez, and you just need not replacement level, but, but above average or at least replacement level guys at a number of positions. And Winker, if he if he really is just ill-suited to the Mariners home stadium and that lineup, he could help the White Sox immediately as that left-handed bat, that Jack Peterson that we all, you know, that everybody's clamoring for. This is a career 270 hitter with a career 836 OPS. He's a talented who's guy. Who's going to hit you somewhere around 18, 18 to 22 home runs as long as he doesn't, as long as he's not cooked. And it's one season in a bad ballpark for him where he didn't adjust and he didn't play well. Okay, fine. But when you look at the rest of his time in the majors, and you look at his most recent couple years before he gets to Seattle, and you look at his road splits, 
It isn't like Brandon Drury. Everybody's in love with Brandon Drury. When Brandon Drury's outside of Cincinnati, not so good. He's terrible. Not so good. I, I don't want him on my team. He's not so good. He's got, he's got to be in Cincinnati. Winker's not that kind of guy. I have far more faith in him, even if he can get near what his career numbers are in his age 29 season. He's not that old. That is, an, that is a massive upgrade to your team, to your lineup. And, and, and just straight up, if you got that back, would you rather have that or Liam Hendricks? I would want that. And I would say we got plenty in the bullpen. I would want that. But then because of how valuable Hendricks is, you could add Marco Gonzalez. Okay, at worst case, because they've got seven starters on that team right now, Seattle, right? Right. And they've got all kinds of young guys knocking at the door that they're trying to bring up and use. And so you could grab a guy who's a career, uh, you know, 1.30 to 1.35 whip. It's not my favorite uh, number. I wish he was a little bit better, but he's had years where he's underneath 1.3. At worst, he's a stable fifth starter who takes the ball every five days, who's a vet. And 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 here's the other thing. If you don't get him, you get Flexen coming back on a bounce back. I think he's got a lot of talent. They may be ready to move on from him. There are, there, are, there are pieces you can bring back because you're dealing Liam Hendricks. You can st- you get Winker, another piece, and maybe even throw in something you want to get rid of and clear some space. You know, the, the weird thing about Hendricks' contract, Ed, and I don't think everybody remembers this, but re- it, remember it was signed, it's, it says it's a four-year deal. It isn't. But the fourth year gets, the fourth year gets bought out at $15 million automatically and gets spread out. Over the course of like, I want to say 10 years or eight years, it's it's some crazy number. It gets spread out. And so it's like basically a deferred payment that he's going to get for a while. If he gets traded, he vests and he gets an option year. So a team is picking up Liam Hendricks. That's the way I'm reading it on Spot Track. A team is picking up Liam Hendricks and he's valuable enough for that deal. And he and this year, he doesn't have a no trade clause. He had a no trade clause when he signed. It's down to only five teams that he could put on the list. So unless he puts Seattle down on the list, you could go shopping. And I don't know why he wouldn't want to go back to, to the Pacific Northwest. It's got it's close to Australia. Closer than closer than Chicago, right. anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's geographically he's right on the ocean. He could take a he could take a direct flight back home whenever he wants to. So I mean, like, I can't imagine that's on his no trade list. So that's why I think it's a realistic thing. Is it gonna happen? I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if Rakan can pull off a trade like that, right? I, this is this is why I was so concerned about a week or so ago when I talked about this is what the White Sox plan is, and I don't know if this general manager can do it. Because to me, you have a team that is clearly looking to make some moves that's in a competitive window and has an abundance of outfielders and starting pitching, but doesn't have a closer like Liam Hendricks. And you are a team that once again, for yet another year, is struggling to find an outfielder hopefully a left-handed one that hits for power and, and struggling to find extra pitching. They've got it. So, I mean, that's why they match up to me. Like we, you and I, we were sitting down talking about this before the show. We were just kind of looking at Winker and then we tried to figure out like, well, okay, would it work? And then once we realized you could probably just trade a couple of prospects or just one prospect that isn't one of your top ones. We we're like, oh yeah, I think I'd be into this. Let's see if we can get a good deal done. But then when you look at what they need, the Mariners, and what you have and can give up, would it would it be would it be painless to get rid of Liam Hendricks? No, it wouldn't be painless. Is it something I'm willing to do? Yes, because you got to do something here. Because your owner's not gonna go out and spend $20 million more on salary this year. 
He's not letting you add in free agency. So this is the only way you could fix your team. But it, it's also, it, it's a money, you know, even if you don't add in Larry Garcia, it's a money gain, gain okay, for the White Sox because now I, I, I matched up Hendricks and Jake Berger, which helps the Mariners who need a third baseman. For Matt Brash, Chris Flexen, and Jesse Winker, and I think, and I'm, I'm looking here on this, and again, we're just using this trade, you know, this, You're this trade simulator. You're giving up a ton. You're giving up a ton. What's the difference between that and trade value on that site? The Sox are actually, the Sox are actually getting more because Matt Brash is very highly thought of. He's a, he's a top end prospect. Oh, okay. So what we're doing is we're getting a big, we're getting a good prospect is what we're grabbing out of this. We're getting rid of money. We're giving them a closer and we, we don't even need Brash to be great this year. Because if we, we got another pitcher in that deal and we got Winker. Right. So so you're what you're doing is you're basically saying Matt Brash is a guy that steps in maybe next year when Lucas Giolito leaves the team. Right. As a guy that can take a spot in the starting rotation. Or he could win a spot this year, or he could play the role that Davis Martin played last year very well, where where he's the guy that's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be the guy that comes in as that sixth starter. Chris Flexen is a guy that then becomes your fifth starter, tries to stabilize the rotation and his immediate help. Jesse Winker is this big left-handed bat. Jake Berger, if you think about it, Jake Berger doesn't have a spot on this team right now. No, he's trapped. He has nowhere to go. He'd have to platoon with Gavin Sheets at first if you used Andrew Vaughn exclusively in the outfield, but we know that that's not how this is going to go. Vaughn's going to be the first baseman every day. So, you know, in that regard, yeah, Jake Berger's a, you know, he's a really good prospect, but he's also a guy that the Sox don't need. So if, if Matt Brash becomes... And I'm not saying that the Sox are going to get him, but if a guy like that comes back in a trade where now you've got, you're starting to get like that Dylan Cease type of thing, where you've got a guy that you're going to develop, let him maybe, you know, come in slowly and become a part of the rotation. He took his lumps last year with the Mariners. Let this guy come in and develop. That's how you get that sustainability too, right? Like I said, it's it's about getting guys that can help you right now or on the verge of helping you that can be here a little bit long-term might have some ceiling left to get to, uh, but you're not going necessarily the prospect route. And and that's what we're talking about is taking two guys, a salary that you really should shed in some ways when you're, when you're talking about this budget issue, because Liam Hendricks is expensive for what that position is. And a guy like Jake Berger that you can't use and trying to turn it into a long-term piece and two pieces that can help you right now and also taking a little bit more money off the books so that you can go out and maybe make another move. Like, for example, going and signing another closer. Socks in the Basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. When I, when I look at the White Sox, 
And we talk about this exercise of, all right, if the Mariners really have Jesse Winker available, we could go the prospect route or we can make a big move, right, with one of our tradable guys. Who are other tradable guys? And when I sit here and just look, I'm just going to go off the trade values again on this trade simulator and uh, because it's the easiest thing to kind of convey quickly. It doesn't mean that these are the only guys who are of high value, but the idea is that it weights, you know, contract, age, performance, desire of other teams to get that player. Like, for instance, it's got Yohan Moncada very low because it's it's poor performance, high contract. Yasmani Grandal is is a negative trade value because of low performance, high contract. Same with Larry Garcia. Dylan Cease, very good contract, best player on the team, highest, most valuable player on the team. Okay, By far. And, Same thing with Luis Robert. Right. You know. it, goes, it goes Cease, Robert, Anderson, okay, in terms of value. Then we have our first prospect, Montgomery. Then Vaughn, Jimenez, Crochet, Kopech, Oscar Colas, who could be roaming the outfield for this team, Lucas Giolito, and then we get to Hendricks. And I would say that those are the guys right there. Uh, after that, we're looking at prospects. I don't think it major major league player-wise, not, that, not really. Next major league player is technically Jimmy Lambert. Yeah. Okay. Who, who I think is more valuable to keep around. Right. I agree with you. All right, then. So just using this trade simulator website, take it with a grain of salt. It's a fun thing to play with. We put the link right at the top at SoxInTheBasement.com. It's not ours, but if you want to have some fun, see what we're talking about, go take a look. If I go down this list of tradable pieces and I have to come up with who's an actual piece that Rick Hahn could move realistically and improve his team by making that move. And this list will have it brought to you by the Village of Lamont. Experience the downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, green spaces filled with adventure. Visit the Village of Lamont, shop, dine, drink, explore. Visit lamontdowntown.com. You're not trading Cease in his control. You're not trading Robert in his control. You're not moving Anderson, even though he's gone by 2025, most likely, because you don't have the money to go get one of those big shortstops that would replace him. Colson Montgomery's a future piece. You got to be wowed to trade him. So then you get to Vaughn if I go down this list. Yeah. Okay. Vaughn is probably the biggest, most tradable piece on the team after Hendricks in my mind, because I think you can give up Hendricks and it wouldn't hurt you as much, but he's worth a lot. Okay. He's a guy that teams would want to get their hands on. And and maybe Rick Hahn could convince himself, well, Gavin Sheets will just stand at first base. I, I think that's a bad idea, but he could convince himself of that. Uh, Eloy Jimenez. Here's a guy who's got some value right now. It really comes down to whether or not you believe that he's got another step that he's going to take. I think he is. I think as a designated hitter, we're finally going to just get to see a masher in there. And getting rid of him now would be getting rid of him before he becomes great. Right. And that's where, when you're talking about both Vaughn and Jimenez, you're talking about guys that that you know have another step potentially to take. Right. And... Man, it would be, you know, you would you would have to get back a huge haul for them, but I think you could it, with the right team. If you deal Michael Kopech, you got to replace his arm. And you also have to live with the fact that after going through everything with him over the last couple of years, he could go someplace else and be Carlos Rodon, who was up there in the top five, I want to say, with Cy Young voting. We didn't even give him a... Uh, a qualifying offer. Remember that, Ed? That was awesome. Yeah, just to, just to do the guy a favor, yeah. we didn't give him a, a yeah. qualifying offer. Yeah, you know, just to make it make it so that he was easier to sign. Right, right. You know, it's so nice to Rick Hahn. Yeah, and, and your you know your point about Kopech. The only the only thing I would say that's different about Kopech versus Rodon 
is that if you're moving on from Michael Kopech because you're worried that the guy is made of glass because he, he's got such a huge injury history, and that'll factor in, of course, to his trade value too, but if you're, if you're worried that he could pull a Carlos Rodon and get out of the White Sox system, suddenly find his health, have you know a Cy Young-level season, one, I don't know that Kopech is quite as polished as Rodon had become um, in terms of you know, his ability to pitch and, and, and what he's able to do Two, I really do think that Kopech is going to continue to have some injury problems because it's, it's not his arm anymore, right? With, with Rodon, it was always maybe his, you know, he's not using his lower body as much. He's engaging his arm too much. It's bugging his shoulder. It's bugging his elbow. Cause he's all sliders. And, and with Kopech, the, the, the issue seems to be his legs. He's just so tall and lanky. He seems to land funny every now and again, and he pulls a hammy or he tweaks his knee or, or you know, it, it does something to his back. I think that's going to continue because you're not going to change the size of the guy, right? So it, that that might be something where a team that is interested in Kopech and is interested in in that potential, at least unlike Rodon where you didn't even get the, the draft compensation because you didn't offer him the, the, the qualifying offer, at least with Kopech, if you're going to move on from him, you're going to get something back for him. Right, and you're and you're probably going to be able to get a couple of somethings for him that that could be useful. Some of your most valuable trade pieces are the pitchers. I mean, think about it: Kopech, Crochet, Liam Hendricks, Lucas Giolito. Okay, if you if you don't if you don't believe that you're going to be able to sign him in a year, you got to find another starter if you're going to get rid of one of those guys. Heck, you already got to find a starter to replace the perceived notion that Garrett Crochet was going to be a starter. Ethan Katz saying on Thursday, nope. There's a guy who was going to be a starter, still hasn't even gotten himself stretched out. Doesn't look like it's going to happen in 23. He's a trade piece as well. I don't know what you get for him. But with Giolito or Kopech, you would have to make another trade, corresponding move that brought in another pitcher or get money off the books so you can go into free agency and get someone. Right. So that's why, again, when we go through that exercise at the beginning and you're like, why are these guys clamoring for finding pitching? Well, if they could fi- if you could find enough pitching in a deal that you make with the first the first team that you deal with. Let's say you go and you deal with Seattle or a team like them. You move a Hendricks, you bring back a couple of pieces and it includes some starting pitching. Okay? It it eases a lot of the stress on your staff and maybe opens up a move later on here in the offseason. It's it's such a strange offseason to follow this team because we can't just sit there and pull out a free agent list and say, "Man, let's go get this guy." And, and this guy would be perfect here, and we should be in the market for this guy here, and they're going to go out and they're going to go sign a free agent. That doesn't seem to be the case. So now what you're doing is you're, you're – this must be what, like, free agent seasons are like in Tampa Bay. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, the, the like, off seasons every year right. in Tampa have got to be just like, all right, who are they trading? Who are they bringing right. up? What's going to come back for these trades? How are they going to reload? Yeah, on, on your jerseys in your closet, all the numbers are Velcroed to your back, so you can change them out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you just you have generic names like Smith and Anderson right. and Johnson. Right. Because you know there's going to be at least one. Meanwhile, the White Sox signed left-handed relief pitcher Nate Fisher already to a minor league deal this week. Uh, it's good of Rick Hahn to look at all the things that we need and say, you know what I need? More minor league pitching deals that may pan out, and let's focus on relief pitching. Because that makes an awful lot of sense. Well, you know, you sing the songs that you know you can sing your first time up at karaoke. <laughs> you don't just go straight on into opera. Is there a job for him later 
when it all ends, because it will end for him one day. Like he's Jerry, Jerry won't be here his entire professional career, and there's no way another owner keeps him around. Will there be a job for him in a front office where he can just focus on relief pitching? Like relief pitcher trades, relief pitcher acquisitions, relief pitcher contracts. What's that guy do? He just deals with bullpens. The the least important of all positions on the on the on the field. Like that that one. The one where guys can be good one year, be bad the next year. It's kind of a just a roll the dice with like 80% of them. He's he's really good at making those moves. No, I don't think that exists. Oh, well, that's too bad for him. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.